This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. Life in the pandemic feels like it's following the same old routine every day, looking at the same four walls over and over again. But how do we break out of the board and actually cultivate good habits? And how do they help us in the workplace and in life? I have Angela Eimer, habit strategist and coach on the line, to have a general discussion about health and habits and how all of this will help us in the workplace and in life as well. Oh, yes. Welcome. Thank you so much. Um, I'm very happy to be here. And uh, just a very short introduction. Um, in 2014, when my daughter started training intensively, she is a, she's a very active sports girl, I realized that food was one of the most important resources of uh, health and well-being and decided to go back to studies and become an integrative nutrition health coach certified by the um, Institute of Integrative Nutrition in, in the U.S. I started working with um, clients as a health coach. I realized how important it is to look into habits, how much actually could be done by looking at habits and integrating habits and to support good habits or to not support not so good habits for the overall well-being of our health condition. And that is when I started uh, looking into habits with, yeah, with the loop and decided to help people, families, groups to get towards a healthier and better lifestyle, consequently by creating good habits and modifying or overwriting the bad ones. Right, I see. Fantastic. Now, obviously, at the moment, the pandemic is uh, affecting everyone globally. But uh, besides that, I wanted to get a bit of an idea from you on the health situation in Malaysia in general, physical health, like nutrition and stuff like that, but also uh, anything about mental health as well. Oh, yeah. As we all know, uh, mental health is a major concern. People are exposed to more stress in their personal life as well as in their in their work life. Grief has uh, come in because many people have lost relatives or friends, but not only the loss, but also the absence of not being able to be there when they're not well. Mm -hmm. The impossibility of uh, meeting up with friends or even with family, most of all, because of the restrictions that has done, uh, that has given them a huge hit on the mental well-being of uh, people in average and also the congested living i call it congested living mm -hmm. meaning everybody is at home everything happens at home and people can't get out of the room emotionally um we were we were used to talk about social distancing i always said physical distancing right. because it was more about physical distancing but out of the physical distancing Social distancing has resulted. People don't communicate so much. Friends don't get together like they used to before every two weeks. You know, we go out for a makan here or we meet for a drink. We don't do that. And we, if you look around, people less and less talk to each other over the phone because they're also just tired of screens. They don't want to go on the screen anymore. And uh, so the physical distancing has 
um, resulted in social distancing and social disconnection in many in many cases, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. The screen fatigue is very real. Uh, I once heard uh, what we're all going through right now. I once heard it described as collective trauma. Um, actually, yeah. which it's something that has irrevocably changed all of us, <laughs> uh, for better or for worse. Right. So, in line with that, I wanted to bring up the idea of habits, right? Because that's something that you're very passionate about, and yeah. um, I think to me, habits are. Something that we are always told is really important to cultivate, but are really, really difficult to maintain. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that and how that ties into health. Obviously, from a physical perspective, you've got, you know, uh, stuff like uh, doing exercise and having healthy meals and all that. But like, you know, tell tell me a bit about, I guess, like the psychology of habits and why they're important and why it's so difficult to naturally be able to cultivate good habits and maintain them for a long term period. Okay. The most important thing before we talk about habits, maybe it's good to define habits sure. according to my definition, because mm-hmm. that will help that we kind of like people can, we can understand what we are, where we're coming from, right? Uh, habits is a behavior that we repeat often and regularly until it becomes something that is kind of automatic and is managed by the subconscious mind. So we don't do it um, consciously anymore. Now, Christine, let me ask you, remember when you, do you drive? I do drive. Okay. Remember when you did your driving license, when you had driving classes? Mm -hmm. So you graduated, graduated, you got your driving license. Remember when you got into the car without your, without your coach next seat? Mm -hmm. What did we do? What do we do when we, when we as fresh graduate, we get into the car and then we think like, okay, now I have to, ah, yeah, first thing I have to set the seat or was it the mirrors? Oh, no, no. <laughs> first the seat, because once the seat is set, then I can adjust the mirrors. Exactly. So first the seat, then mirror, mirror, the A, mirror B, mirror C. Okay. What is the next thing? What was the next? Ah, yes. Seatbelt. Of course. Okay. So seatbelt is in. Okay. What's the next thing? Ah, yes. Check left, front, right, back. Anything clear? Is there anything we see? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So now key in, start the car. Okay. So, and then we put the gear in, right? Mm-hmm. So every single step we had to think about, right? Right. Because it was not a habit. None of the steps was a habit and all together we didn't have the routine yet. Mm-hmm. When you get into a car today, you don't think five seconds. You yeah. just dong, 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 off you go. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is, so I like this, I like the example of driving a car or, or getting ready in a car or driving a car because it explains each one of the things you do, you know, like sitting down, adjusting your chair is habit one, adjusting the mirrors is habit two, adjusting, uh, putting the seatbelt is habit three, da, 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 mm-hmm. and so on, right? All together, that becomes your driving routine. Each right. one is a piece in the chain. I see. Okay. Right. So that is why driving is something that we do subconsciously very much when we have a lot of uh, experience and we don't pay attention to every detail anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, the benefit of having um, those routines and creating those habits is that we increase efficiency. Mm -hmm. Right. Because 
what we can do when you drive a car. How often do you think about when you drive to your work, you think about, okay, I'm having this meeting today with that person. Um, oh, where did I put the questions? When am I going to do this? And then I have a meeting with that one. Oh, I still have to. So you do that while you're driving, right? Mm. You're doing two things at the same time. Yeah. Right. And you, you're not losing concentration of driving because as soon as something happens that is not regular, you will be your conscious mind takes over the driving again. Right. But subconsciously, putting gears and steering is automatic. Mm -hmm. It is because you have a habit, you have a routine, especially if you're on a road that you go every day. Yeah. Right. So that means, first of all, it increases efficiency. Secondly, it uh, reduces uh, stress and it saves time. Mm -hmm. Right. So that is why habits play such a big role. Mm. That is, that is the main reason, that is the main reason why I believe habits um, have shown to be extremely, extremely efficient. Now, why is it challenging to maintain or cultivate habits is because they're not strategically implemented in many mm. cases. Mm -hmm. People do things too fast. Oh, tomorrow, tomorrow, right? It has to be done, 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 done. We don't have time. But if you create habits and you go in small steps, right? Mm -hmm over and leaving enough time for them to settle they will grow roots and they will be they will be established for yeah a lifetime right that's really interesting i mean i i have never thought about a routine as a series of habits so that's a really fascinating idea to to explore as well and Naturally, we want to try and cultivate good habits, right? We want to try and make a lot of these, I guess, subconscious processes um, something productive or something that's going to help us in the long run. But we also, admittedly, I mean, I don't know about you. I personally know I have a lot of bad habits. So can you tell me a little bit about why that occurs and how to sort of get out of that as well? Okay, I, I'm not a big defender of bad habits because I'm, we're not talking addictions here in, okay. this, in this, right? So mm -hmm. I like to call them naughty habits because those are things like you don't eat 100% as you should, Quote so unquote. said. Okay, yeah. I don't like the word should because nobody tells you what you have to do. And the thing is also, what is also very important to look at is your definition of health might be completely different from mine. Mm. So who am I to tell you that you have a healthy lifestyle or an unhealthy lifestyle? Mm. Only you decide. So you go, whatever change you want to do, you go at your pace. Right. And you do what you think is your priority. Mm -hmm. So that is why when other people tell you what to do, that is the first thing to fail, in my opinion. Right. Because it's imposed and it's not your choice and it's not your decision. Mm -hmm. As if when you say, for example, if you decide I want to, I want to um, drink more water or you drink, you drink water and you say you want to drink more water. And every time you drink water, you encourage you to say, yeah, I did it again. Good on me, etc. Right. You know, that is self-encouragement on recognizing the good things, which will do automatically restrict you from drinking that can soda, sweet soda can drink. So you're right? sort of like pavloving yourself into doing... Overwriting bad habits. That's right. how I call it. Okay. Overwriting. Because, you know, habit, as I said, habits are part of a chain. If you take a bad habit out, the chain is interrupted. Mm. So, you know, your routine is interrupted. It will kind of like make you unbalanced. You right. know, you kind of like things are not in place anymore. It throws you off. 
Exactly. It gets lost. It's like two pieces of chain on a table and then you have one piece in the middle lying there, but it's not connected Mm. and you don't want to have that one. So what I think is take that little bad part of the chain, polish it and move it to something else, Mm. you know, modify that bad habits from drinking two cans of Coke I'll talk about my story now. It was two bottles of Coke, regular Mm. Coke a day. I moved from two bottles of regular Coke to two bottles of 100 plus orange, which still had a lot of sugar, but less. Right. And from those 100 100 plus orange, I moved to then later on to a drink that I created myself, which still had less sugar again. Mm -hmm. And more, more value as in uh, lemon juice, etc. And that's how I created my lemon honey um, soda drink without, right. you know, without any sugar, but honey, because honey is also sweet, also has calories, but it has nutrients. In it. Mm-hmm. So you see what I mean? It's overriding. Don't take it out. And also it's not a, it's not an abrupt change. There's a sort of transition exactly. from one exactly. thing to the other. Very interesting. And, it makes it very smooth, mm-hmm. you know, it suddenly it goes and leave, give yourself time. I did mm-hmm. it over two years. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it in three weeks. I did it over two years. Right. Mm. And now my sugar addiction in drinks is gone. Fantastic. All right. Well, it's time for a short break. But after that, I'll continue speaking to Angela Imer all about how health uh, and how it affects workplace situations like absenteeism and stress, as well as how cultivating good habits manifest in the workplace. So do stay tuned to Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, the business station. You're listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. And today on the line, I have Angela Eimer. She's a habit strategist and coach. And we're talking about health and we're also talking about habits as well. And, you know, why both of those are important, how they interrelate with each other. Uh, And now I want to talk a little bit about uh, health in general, because one of the things that I think uh, is really interesting is how I think we mentioned this briefly before the break. You know, the pandemic has not only affected our physical health, uh, you know, as a whole, but also our mental and emotional health as well. You mentioned that there's this element of how physical distancing has led to quite literally social distancing uh, as well. But I wanted to bring it into the workplace uh, to look at how has all this stuff essentially affected a lot of, I guess, the workplace health problems. Okay, when we talk about workplace health problems first of all you know very often we talk about the work life balance right mm-hmm. and i'm not a, i'm not a fan of this expression because it gives too much importance to work because by the end of the day life is work is part of life so it is your life balance right. and within this balance there's space for work there's space for leisure there's space for this there's space for that etc cetera, etc cetera. so first of all um, I like to take this out to, to make it clear that by the end of the day, it's about your life, right? Mm-hmm. My personal my personal conviction is that if we want to change things at the workplace, we have to change things at home first. Mm. We have to help employees to get a better lifestyle at home. And that is by helping them create uh, habits at home because absenteeism comes from where? Absenteeism comes from people not being well, unwell mm-hmm. being. And this is very much related to food because uh, bad choice of food and also um, in, insufficient sleep, 
stress management, all those things can't be handled by people um, at home. So if we help employees to manage their challenges at home, it will automatically go forward to the office. Mm -hmm. So, and during the pandemic, that is, that is the part about the normal setting before the pandemic. And hopefully one day we will be able to go back to the office. And that's what I think we have to look at is helping people at home before looking at the productivity at the office because the productivity comes from home. Right. What you carry work home and you carry home to work. And that's why I, I'm very, I'm absolutely convinced that if we want productivity to go up, efficiency to go up and absenteeism to go down, we need to look at what people can do at home, how they can improve their stress and their, you know, time management at home is one of the main factors while people are stressed out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for, for many working ladies, making, preparing dinner at night is a nightmare because it's they're so tired. And then I figured out now with the pandemic, I figured out sometimes we just have to put it in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> we do the prep in the morning. If mm-hmm. we move that routine, if we change that chain from the routine from the end of the day to the beginning of the day, and then we cut the carrots for, you know, for two meals because on Wednesday... We might have something else. We are going to have something else where we have carrots. Once we're done, it's routine again, right? Mm -hmm. We do it subconsciously. It's more efficient. So simple, little simple things like that where we can help people at home can make a big difference. And now in regards to the pandemic, we have work, we have the school, we have the office and home under one roof. Mm -hmm. And that is huge. That's a huge challenge. Plus... Many families only have one or two or three people home for lunch. Now it's the whole family home for lunch. Mm -hmm. And mom and dad are both working. So what you know, what you, you need to do during the pandemic, first of all, is, is to, to understand that each one has their needs. Look into each other's schedules. Look where are days where someone needs assistance mm -hmm. or help mm -hmm. and where someone needs real quiet time. And then create the whole, you know, the days around this so that everybody finds its balance. It's a little bit of putting everybody's timetable on the table and say, okay, for that Wednesday is the best day. I'm not going to do my webinar tomorrow because tomorrow, um, you know, we might have a discussion about this and this. It might take longer. So maybe I do that on, uh, I do that next week or my meeting. I, I'll ask whether we can have it earlier in the morning than, than usual mm -hmm. because, you know, my kids have a, you know, because not everybody has a room for themselves. Right? right so you kind of have to manage space you kind of, you have to manage the routines you have to manage not only the work routines but also the private routines the breaks where do i take a break for myself to uh, breathe mm -hmm. and where are the breaks that i take in order to assist someone else in the family because they might need help at that moment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm curious about this because a lot of this is Uh, sort of from the individual point of view, right? What can an individual do to manage their day-to-day -day in the pandemic and, and where to find space for these habits? What can employers do to help their employees find this time as well? Employers can do a lot mm. in uh, helping them find that time is by helping them create those routines. Mm. By, I mean, there are many people who do time management, but I think that the time management where the big difference is, I think the time management should not concentrate on work. That is my point. The time management should concentrate on their private life first because that will affect their personal, uh, their, their business life, their mm -hmm. work life. And currently, 
you know, with the pandemic, as everything is in one house and who knows how long this will be going on. And many companies are actually thinking, apparently, of continuing working from home because they see also some benefit out of it. But it has to be well managed. Mm -hmm. And for that to happen, you have to help. You have to help your staff. I mean, there are many ways how you can help your staff either while they're working from home now. That is like getting organized workshops, mm. organize, organize um, talks, etc. That is what can be done here. You know, I mean, like like everyday webinars, etc. Make it for your make it for your con- company. Help people with giving them some tips so that they're like, aha, oh, I never thought of that. You know, sometimes the aha moment and alone will already create a huge change because people see things falling into place. Mm-hmm. You see, and if you need more help, then org- help, then organize, engage someone who who can give exactly those those guidelines, right, mm-hmm. and can help. And the other thing is, if you're back in the office, there's so many things you can do. You can check on caterers to improve the food, right? Create mm-hmm. a committee that is looking into the well-being, a well-being committee, not only the HR manager, but someone, the team, work, let the team work together and look into whether they're caterers who offer, you know, a little bit better quality, how much is everybody willing to pay extra? There's so many factors. Provide fruits, have cut fruits and, uh, you know, and cut veggies with a dip or something like that. Uh, once a week. And if you see it works, then do twice a week. Don't do every day because people are like, oh my God, what's happening now? Whoa, Mm -hmm. wait a second, right? So sometimes overdoing things well is also like rejection. People are like, whoa, let's not overdo it. But start it slowly, step habits, step by step by Mm -hmm. step by step. Yeah, a lot of this seems to be, essentially it's about coordination and communication, but also allowing time for the transition to take place and not expecting immediate results as well. I think that's really important, right? Yes, I have a very good example to that if, you, if we have the time. Yes, sure. Uh, a gearbox. I, I like the example of the gearbox. If you, if you go from the first gear, if you drive a manual car and you go from the first gear to the fifth gear, it stalls. It won't go. Mm. It will stall and you have to start all over again and you might even, you know, break it. So how do you think someone can change from today to tomorrow? It goes in stages. And look at, a, look at, an, uh, at an automatic car. You can push the accelerator as hard as you want. The car won't jump from the first into the fifth. It will still go first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Mm-hmm. And that is the body is the same. The mind is the same because habits are not only physical habits. They're also mental habits, thoughts, etc. So you have to give them time to establish, to develop, to establish and to grow roots. And then they will withstand any storm. Fantastic. Well, on that note, I think that's about it for today's chat. So thank you very much, Angela, for speaking to me today. Thank you very much, Christine. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong, and I've been speaking to Angela Eimer, habit strategist and coach. If you've missed any of today's podcasts, you can download our app that's available on the Apple App Store or Google Play to listen to the podcast. And you can also uh, head over to our website to bfm.my to listen back to our podcast as well. This is BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.